Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Nancy Gaines. She is the CEO and founder of Gain Advantages, based in Colorado. She's been advising small businesses and Fortune 100 companies on how to increase their revenues through proven systems for many, many years. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Thanks, Jordan. So excited to be here today. So let's just start with a little bit of your background and, and your business background and how you created uh, Gain Advantages. Absolutely. So I was a corporate consultant with IBM, Ernst & Young, and Capgemini for almost two decades, and it was awesome. I loved traveling all over the world and helping fortune companies get more efficient. I decided I really enjoyed helping the smaller business owners, so I left about four years ago to launch Gain Advantages, and my specialty is helping people take back their time by putting in systems for their business. Okay, so what actual services do you do, and what kind of businesses are you working with, small businesses? Is it in person, or you do it on, online, or how, how are you dealing with these companies? I do it both ways, Jordan. Most of my clients I do through group coaching, but some of them I do work one-on-one, and if they're not here in Denver, Colorado, we can Skype very easily. What I'm really good at is seeing where they're missing opportunities to take back their time. A lot of times we leave to start our own companies thinking we're going to have this time freedom and all this money freedom. And being an employee is way different than being a small business owner. So I help people coast through that so they get profitable in much faster time. When is it a good idea and when is it not a good idea to go from employee to business owner? I love that question because it looks pretty easy on the outside until you get into it. The thing about being an employee is you are the go-to person. People know if, if they need a password reset on their IT, they know exactly who to go to. If they need a check cut to a vendor, there's one person to go to. When you're out in the real world as an entrepreneur, you need to rebrand yourself so you are the go-to person. So if you're not willing to put in the effort, and entrepreneurship's hard. There's some ups and downs. If you're not willing to do that, this may not be a good fit for you. So some would say this is a golden opportunity, a uh, golden era for entrepreneurship and that you can do things online. Uh, it's much faster and cheaper to do things in the past. Some would say uh, the big companies are kind of dominating everything and it's very hard to break in. What do you think about the current era uh, as a time for people to become entrepreneurs? Well, the, I just heard a statistic the other day that by 2020, so in a year and a half, 50% of the U.S. is going to be self-employed. 50%, which I think is nuts. So if people can't get it right, we're going to have some pretty big economical issues. So yes, it's a great time. But again, you have to really be willing to take advice from other people and fast-track your success. Otherwise, you're going to be struggling and wasting time and money on your own figuring it out. So if you're not thinking about entrepreneurship, for example, if you're not a self-starter and you need someone to tell you what to do, this may not be the right route for you. There's a lot of other opportunities. What are the forces driving uh, so many people to become self-employed? Is it something they want or is it something that's being forced on people? In my opinion, I think we hit a certain age. To me, it happened in my late 40s. I mean, I never had this desire to be this entrepreneur. A lot of people started selling lemonade when they were six or seven, not me. I always had a corporate job, and that was really good. But I think at a certain age, you start reflecting on your life and saying, I don't really want a nine-to-five job anymore. I want more time. I want to make an impact on the world, leave a legacy. So to me, 
it happens kind of in your late 40s. Have you been seeing that as well with some of your guests? Yeah, a lot of people are self-employed, including me. I mean, a lot of people are solopreneurs who used to work for corporate America one way or the other. And it's, sometimes it's voluntary, sometimes it's involuntary. And they get laid off or their division gets downsized or they get a takeover and uh, they often come back as a consultant. What they were doing still needs to be done, but they don't want to do it as a staff position. Absolutely. And here's a perfect example. I'm not sure how timely this is for the listeners, but my husband used to work for Chipotle, which is based here in Denver, great company. And they just got a new CEO who came up and said, we're relocating the entire corporate headquarters to California. So people in Denver, you can either move to California or Ohio or find another job. And I bet with that size company, a lot of people weren't expecting to be all of a sudden thrown out to do something different. Many of those will become entrepreneurs and some of them well, maybe just find different jobs. So you're right. It can come at us from all different directions. Personally, for me, I was sitting in this personal development class, listening to different speakers motivate us, and this one guy, I can't even tell you his name, kind of like Tony Robbins, but not Tony Robbins, started saying, you know, you're all meant to do something bigger. You're being complacent. And I'm leaning back in my chair thinking, I don't know, my job's pretty good. I get to travel the world, make an impact. And he kept saying it, and finally it hit me, and I thought, Maybe I should do something different. So I pulled out my laptop right there and wrote my resignation and decided I'm going to become an entrepreneur. That's how I ended up here. So that was probably pretty scary to do that after having been in the corporate world for a long time. <laughs> it, was, it was a little scary but exciting at the same time. I think the scary part was telling my husband because he was not sitting next to me in this class. <laughs> I had to pick him up at the airport that evening. And I was half hoping he'd talk me out of it, saying this is hard, it's unstable, like 9 out of 10 businesses fail, all those stats you hear. But instead, he gives me a big hug and says, you've got this, sweetie, go for it. Then I was kind of committed. Um, but to be honest, it was really hard in my first couple years because, again, I had the employee mindset and not the entrepreneur mindset. I didn't have systems in place, none. I was winging it. So how is it a different level of satisfaction to help small businesses and entrepreneurs as opposed to, I assume you were working mostly with big businesses when you were with those consulting firms. Yeah, it was different working with the smaller businesses. What I loved about them is that they're very agile. They can change much quicker than, and I worked for, let's see, IBM. I worked for Lenovo, Clorox, some really big companies, and it takes a lot, and Shell, it takes a lot longer for them to turn the wheel and to make adjustments. Small businesses can adjust quickly on a dime if they're willing to take the chances. They can also recover from mistakes a lot quicker. Yeah. So, okay, you're dealing with an entrepreneur. Uh, typically, when you are first engaging with them, they do or do not have systems. You help them install systems. Kind of, What is the process involved once you get involved with an entrepreneur? Yeah, so let me explain what my definition of system is because a lot of people think that's IT or they think it's very industrial. So system is really an acronym, S-Y-S-T-E-M. It stands for save yourself some time, energy, and money. So any business, big or small, if they do something more than twice, it, they need a system. They need a repeatable process that works every single time. They set it and forget it. Anything they do more than three times should be automated. So they don't even have to think about it. So when I come in, I work with two different types of, of companies very successful small business owners who feel like they're out of control, they're kind of burnt out and overwhelmed, 
that's when we come in and we we put some systems in place in five different areas just so they can get their time back. And then I also work with people who have that in place, but they want to keep it in place as they grow bigger and bigger. So save yourself some time, energy, money. And let me give you an example of a real simple one. A lot of people, although this is changing, don't even have an online scheduler. And what this means in the corporate world, we all used Outlook or Lotus Notes or something where you can look at everybody's calendar, you pick a time, and that's when you have the meeting. Small business owners have, can have the same functionality if they get an online scheduler, like Scheduler Once or Calendly or um, Acuity, any of those, so that you can just send somebody a link to book time with you. It's an amazing system, low cost. People don't even think about it. But once they put it in place, it can gain them back five, ten hours a week easily. So that's one system. How about, I mean, when people are running a business, they typically are involved or interested in the business part of it or the the content, I guess you might say, whatever the business is, as opposed to the kind of administration on the business part of it. How do you make the business part of it more efficient so that the people can concentrate on the content of the business? Absolutely. So I like a combination. It's kind of like a lock. It's 10 25 65 what that means is only 10% of a business owner's time should be spent on operational things, like paying bills, paying bills answering, answering emails, setting up. up. 25% of the time should be spent on how do I bring more products to my customers, and then 65% should be spent with their customers, sales, and marketing. So if people look at that formula and find that it's not quite those dimensions, that's where we can systemize and take more things off their plate so they really can focus on 65% growing their business. I would assume that most of the people's extra time is in the operations part. (laughs) Absolutely. And part of that is they just get caught up in the day-to-day stuff and they're not delegating or outsourcing. Part of it is if they don't like to do things, it's very easy to fall back into just checking your email versus making those cold calls or setting up those appointments with your customers. So uh, you, you say things can be automated. Probably some people would be reluctant to let go and have things be automated. Is that often a problem? It's very often a problem, Jordan. For example, just going back to the scheduler example, people are afraid that they're gonna see, somebody will have visibility to everything on their calendar. They'll know when they're out jogging or seeing the dentist or whatever. And they don't want to give up that control of even their calendar. And if they can't give up control of their calendar, think about what else they wouldn't let go of. But they find once they're able to block off time and kind of direct people into making appointments at the time they prefer, they love it. But, yeah, they're kicking and screaming at first. And so how do you overcome the kicking and screaming? Some people I just let, let have to leave them alone and let it kind of process. Other people I say, why don't you try it for just two weeks, and if you hate it, you can break up with it, and most people don't hate it. So it's kind of baby steps, getting them into a routine of trying it, and then they're like, this is so cool. So your website is uh, nancygains.com. What can people find at your website about your process? They can find the group coaching, of course, but really if they want to get something right out of the bat, just download the five systems that every business owner needs for more productivity. And I'll just give you a hint at what some of those are. Every company needs a CRM. Well, actually, we're, we're going to go to a break, Nancy. We're going to do the five things right after the break, okay? Awesome. Perfect. So, no problem. So we're going to go to a break now. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Nancy Gaines. She is the CEO and founder of Gain Advantages. 
You can find out more at her website, which is nancygains.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We've all been there. Struggling to keep up with credit card payments? Searching for a simpler, safer way out of debt? Well, here it is. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a nonprofit service that has been helping people reduce or eliminate their credit card debt for over 20 years. Most of us have made late payments and even gone over our credit limits. Before we know it, our balances are out of control and we can barely afford to make the minimum payments. If this sounds familiar and you're ready to take control of your debts, call Cambridge right away at 1-800-897-2200 for a debt-free analysis. Cambridge will work with your creditors and may be able to reduce your interest rates and get you out of debt fast. In fact, Cambridge's typical debt management clients save almost $150 every month on their credit card payments and they're debt-free in just 50 months. So there is a simpler, safer way out of debt. And it all starts with Cambridge Credit Counseling. Call 1-800-897-2200 for your free debt analysis. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a Massachusetts-based nonprofit agency providing services nationwide. For complete licensing information, visit them online at cambridge-credit.org. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Has your small business been turned down for a loan by the bank? Is lack of capital hindering your business growth? Small businesses unable to obtain bank financing or tired of merchant cash advances can now get the financing they need. Corporate Lending Solutions provides short and long-term capital, revolving lines of credit, and unsecured business loans. Does your business need help with payables, supplies, or payroll? Corporate Lending Solutions has powerful programs to help. While getting a small business loan can be a long, daunting process, with Corporate Lending Solutions, it's simple and takes only one to three days. Call 800-261-6478 or visit CorporateLendingSolutions.com to learn more. 800-261-6478. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Nancy Gaines. She's the CEO and founder of Gain Advantages, based in Colorado. Her website is nancygaines.com. Welcome back to the show, Nancy. Thanks, Jordan. So we're talking about the five systems that every company needs. So let's take them one at a time. What is the first system? Absolutely. So these are high-level categories. You need to have systems around your sales process. I remember when I first started out, I had absolutely no process for sales. I was driving all over Denver, going to any networking group that had people, not even thinking they were my target market. And I'd get to a coffee with them and have a conversation. At the end, I'd be like, how come no one's buying my stuff? So you need sales. And that means, how are you going to network? 
How are you going to have a script, have a conversation? How are you going to follow up and close the deal? So number one, sales. Okay. Number two, marketing. How are you going to market? Too many people I see, new business owners, think they just need to get on social media, have a website at network, and that, you know, you build it, they'll come. It's a lot more complex than that. You need systems for your online and your offline marketing. And we can dig into each of these after I give you the overview, Jordan. The third is operations, basically how you run your company. You need systems for that. Anything you do twice, remember, needs a system. Three times should be automated. Systems around your money. How does the money come in? How does the money go out? How do you track people down that don't pay you? All of that should be a repeatable process. And finally, systems around your people, your team, how you delegate, how you follow up, how you pay people. So sales, marketing, operations, money, and team. And this works whether you're a big company, like the corporations I worked for, a solopreneur, or do you have, have some employees? You say that systems are a synonym for time. What do you mean by that? So when people, this is great for your people because they love money. Money, you know about compound interest, right? You deposit yeah. a little bit all the time and it grows over time to a lot more than you start with. Same way with systems. If you take the time to put in some structures, some systems, some processes right out of the gate, it might be hard now, but it's going to be so much easier later. So when people say, I don't have time to systemize, they're really cutting into both their time and their money and their profits. That's why it's a synonym. Are systems the same as tools? People think of these as tools. Is this the same thing you're talking about? (laughs) Yeah, people get those interchanged quite a bit. When people ask me, what is the best system for X, Y, or Z? I always answer the same answer. The best system is the one you actually use. So if an Excel spreadsheet is the way you follow up with people, awesome. If you're more of an app person, get an app to follow up. If you need something with lots of bells and whistles, including a CRM, go for that. So that's the biggest thing is I can talk tools all day. There's some that I really, really like especially for scheduling and for CRM. But if you don't use it, it's not going to do you any good. So some people just can't kind of do things electronically and have everything on the computer. They do it old school, I guess you might say. Is that okay, or should they always make it computerized? No, whatever works for them. For example, I still use a day timer. I've been using a day timer since I got out of college in the mid-'80s. I write everything down on paper, and I love it. I tried to use something on the computer, and it felt like more work than just pulling out a pen and paper. Other people, they don't even have a business card. They're like, just let me text you my information. Personally, that doesn't work as well for me. I love a tool called FullContact, F-U-L-L, contact.com. This is really cool because when someone gives me their business card, I can take a picture of it. It gets sent to somebody somewhere in the world who hands transcribes it, like real person types it in. And then it comes back, and it, now it's in my database. So I love paper, and that works great for me. And here's a trick, too, on that system. If you can make a category for where you met that person, for example, I know Voice America, I know a lot of the people that do shows like you do, Jordan. If I met you at some conference, I would probably tag you as Voice America, and next time I go to a conference, I would look at all those Voice America people in my full contact, kind of refresh myself on who I met, remember their names, so when I come up to you, I can be like, hey, we met here, and it's really good for some some cheat sheets. 
Yeah, it's good to remember because you don't often remember how you met somebody in the first place or what the original connection was. Oh, it's amazing. For example, if you go to the same networking of, let's just say, a chamber every month, it's so great, like an hour before I go to that meeting, to just skim through the names and where, who they work for and what they do. So when I meet them, I can continue the conversation without even missing a beat. People remember that when you remember their names and what you talked about. So, yeah, it's my little secret of how I stay on top of that. What are some of your other favorite productivity tools? So CRM, I love Infusionsoft. And the reason I like that is because not only does it keep track of my contacts and where they are in my pipeline, but it also it's my, my money tool. So people can easily purchase products just from a link. It shows up in my PayPal account, done. I'm not emailing somebody an invoice and trying to collect and all that stuff. So that saves me tons and tons of hours. Full contact for sure. I don't use it as a CRM. It's more of my electronic Rolodex. That's a pretty cool one. I know a lot of people like Trello for project management. So you can see at a glance, oh, there's so many tools out there. Those are some of my top ones that I recommend all the time. And again, do they all work together? No, they're all for a specific purpose. I haven't found one that does everything. When I was in the corporate world, I implemented something called SAP. It's an enterprise software, and it did everything. Small companies don't need all that. They just need to fill in the gaps of where they can gain back some time. So, yeah, they don't, they don't talk to each other too much. Yeah. So a lot of people get email, huge amounts of email, and kind of overloaded by it, and that becomes their focus during the day. How do you protect yourself against email overload? Well, let me tell you my favorite tip, and then I'm going to tell you something I heard from somebody else, which I, can't, I just can't pull it off myself because it's so radical. But my trick is I put all my emails into three different folders as they come in. So I check it about once an hour, and I immediately move it into one of three folders. At sign actions, if you put the at sign, it shows up at the top of your list. So I've got an action folder. This means I actually have to do something with that email that came into my inbox. Send information, um, make a coffee date, whatever it is. It's something I need to do. Then the at sign write. Uh, I need to write something to these people. Sorry, I meant read, at sign read. This means things I just need to read when I get a chance. And then the final one is at sign wait, W-A-I-T. I'm waiting for somebody to give me some piece of information. So just by having those three folders, action, read, and wait, it frees your mind. So here's the problem with email. The reason we're constantly checking emails because there might be something important there, and we don't want to miss it. So we're like, could be a new customer, it could be an invitation to something. We're always checking it, or if you're an employee, your, your boss might need something. So we're filtering through all this email, hoping for that one needle in a haystack, and instead it's just cluttering stuff up. So by moving things into folders, it keeps your mind a lot clearer. The trick that I heard, which I haven't been able to do, is only keep one web browser tab open at a time. When I tell people that, they like drop to the floor. I could not do that. How about you, Jordan? Do you think you could yeah, work with no. just one browser? Everybody has many going at the same time for sure. Yeah. I need at least two, my calendar and my email. But when I find myself overwhelmed, it's because I have way too many tabs open. So both of those are just a tool. Another productivity system I like is 50-10, meaning you are heads down on whatever you're working on for 50 minutes, and then you take a mandatory 10-minute break. 
even if you're feeling you're kind of in the zone, get up, move around, get some water, go talk to somebody, but take that 10-minute break. Your brain actually needs that. So you have to concentrate for 50 minutes on, and not get, it's, it's probably easy for small business people to get distracted, right? Well, especially if their email's open, for sure, or if they don't want to do something. A lot of times, I mean, I know I have to blog. I don't love it, but I have to do it. So if I can just say, I just need to get through 10 more minutes of this and I get a break, kind of push through it, for sure. So what, tell us about your blog and also podcast. And kind of what are some of the things you blog about and what, what are some of the people you interview in your podcast? Yeah, let's talk about the podcast because you were on it. It was amazing. I love having really interesting guests that can share how to get things done more efficiently, whether it's money, time, business. So we talked a lot about yours. It's on every Wednesday in iTunes. And if anyone wants to be a guest, I would love to hear what you can offer to the people and get you on the show. We go about 20, 25 minutes. Really, really fun show. And the blog comes out on Tuesdays, lots of different topics. Sometimes I have guest writers as well. It's just ways to take back your time and make your business more profitable. And people can find out about both the blog and the podcast at nancygains.com, right? nancygains.com, and there's navigation for both the blog, the blog and the podcast. So is it a good idea for a lot of small business people to be podcasting and blogging? Podcasting is a great way to market, absolutely. I highly recommend it. Although people think it's really easy, you just start podcasting. There's a lot to it. In fact, I've been hired a few times to help people launch their podcast. I've got a lawyer who wanted some help. It's not as easy as it may seem. There is a way to systemize it so it doesn't consume your time. So anyone who's interested can definitely send me an email, nancy at nancygains.com, and we can talk about that a bit more. But you're saying the purpose of it is marketing, kind of getting yourself out there as an expert. Is that the idea? Yep. You're an expert. You've got more SEO. You can tweet it out on your social media multiple times because, you know, the shelf life of social media is so small. So absolutely get a podcast. Be a guest or be a host. Either way, it works awesome. And why is would you want to be blogging versus podcasting? What is the advantage of, of either of those? I would do both. I think they work in some people like to read, some people like to hear. So by having a podcast, you catch the people that are on their way into work. By having a blog, it's something they can skim through quickly and get some new pieces of information. So how has it worked for you? Have you actually gotten business out of your podcasting and blogging? I have, actually. Um, I do, this is my favorite part of the week is being my podcast host and getting amazing people. I'm having AWeber on. I had Acuity scheduling, so really high-profile people. So, one, I like to hear something new for myself, but also it's a great way. And, yes, clients come. They hear something and say, let's jump on a call. I think I could, I could use your help. So it's giving you credibility when they hear you. And this is for all small business people. It's giving you credibility that allows people to want to work with you, is what you're saying. Yes. One more channel that you should have in your marketing toolkit. Make sure it's systemized, though. Just don't wing it. You've got to be consistent. And there's certain ways to get it launched out there so you actually get the best exposure. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Nancy Gaines. She is the founder and CEO of Gain Advantages, based in Colorado. Uh, her website is nancygains.com. Uh, you can find out about, more about her podcast there, which is called The Nancy Gaines Show. We'll be back after this.
stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Attention heroes, current and former firefighters, law enforcement, military, medical, or educational professionals. Heroes can receive rewards averaging over $2,500 when they buy, sell, or refinance a home. Heroes come first. Along with the Homes for Heroes is the nation's largest hero reward program. Their mission is to provide extraordinary savings to heroes who provide extraordinary services to our nation and its communities every day. Learn how you you can purchase a home for no down payment, no closing costs, and get money back at closing. Find out how you can own for less than you may pay for rent. Get your hero rewards at heroescomefirst.com. That's heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S, comefirst.com, 888-437-6114. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Nancy Gaines. She's the CEO and founder of Gain Advantages which helps small businesses become more uh, productive in various ways. Her website is nancygains.com. Welcome back to the show, Nancy. Thanks, Jordan. Now, you have what you call the HABU system. Uh, What does that stand for? HABU is an acronym, Highest and Best Use. Here's what I find happens with a lot of small business owners. They're wearing all the hats because they think it's going to be a way to save money if they make their own website, and if they do their own social media, even if those aren't their core superpowers. I know. I was there myself. My first website I made on GoDaddy, and it looked like a JV, junior varsity website for sure. But I thought I was saving money, and it took me over 40 hours to do that. So when people focus on their highest and best use, they're really putting their best foot forward and making their company efficient. So how you figure out what that is is your magic number. And this is basically your hourly rate. So I ask people, what do, you, what do you charge an hour? And let's just say it's $100 because that's an easy number, easy round number. That person, that business owner should not be doing anything that's $100 or less. 
And this could be personal stuff. They shouldn't be cutting their grass. They should be ordering their groceries from Amazon because it's not worth their time to go out grocery shopping. They should even pay someone to clean their house. To take it to a business side, they shouldn't be doing social media and writing posts if, it's, if they can find someone to do that much cheaper. So what I do is I help them release some of these tasks that they're holding onto so tightly that's not really what they're, they're worth at. So I call it highest and best use. Ask yourself, is this really the highest and best use of my time? And if not, give it away. Is it hard for people to let go and not do everything themselves and to kind of outsource tasks that they've been used to doing? Absolutely, and I was there myself too. I remember trying to type a 10-page PDF document into Word, and I'm not a fast typer, and I'm thinking, this is really stupid. This is not the highest and best use of my time. So I got on Fiverr. I paid somebody in Jamaica $10 because she was $5 an hour. It was two hours to type this, and I was really worried myself, thinking, does she have good English skills? Is she going to, you know, make any mistakes? It came back within a couple hours perfect, and that was a turning point in my business. I said, why aren't I spending more $5 here and there to give me back my time? So it's definitely hard. So here's how I kind of start. I say, make a to-do list that's no more than nine items. Just write nine, no more than nine because it gets cluttered. Of those nine Delete three of those. They're probably not even that important. They shouldn't even be on your list. Just delete them. Three of those you should delegate. Find somebody who's below that magic number. In our case, it was $100 an hour. And delegate those. And then three of them actually do yourself. That will make people a lot more focused. And here's another tip that I like as well. What is a priority? Because people are like, I don't know if this is a priority or not. A priority should make you money save you money, or systemize something in your business. And if something isn't a priority in one of those three categories, don't do it. So there's what some starting some, points just to help people get back some productivity time. What, what are some websites or resources to help find people that you can outsource to? You mentioned Fiverr. Are there some others like that where you can find people to do these uh, tasks that you shouldn't be doing yourself? Absolutely. Fiverr is great. I've had hit or miss success with that, but it's a good starting point. And for $5, you might even want to give the same task to two different people and just see who gets it back sooner. It's not no skin off your back for $5. I had my podcast art done by somebody on on Fiverr, and they did a great job. I also had my intro to my podcast and my outro by Fiverr, and it was amazing. Another site is Elance. I have not used that one, but that's supposed to be pretty good. TaskRabbit. Those are for around your house chores. And then my all-time favorite, favorite tool for high-quality help is HireMyMom.com. HireMyMom.com. These are typically U.S.-based women. There's some men, some out of the U.S., who used to have corporate jobs, so they're very professional. They've got education, but they took time off to start and raise a family, and they still want to have some money coming in. They still want to keep their skills pretty sharp, but they don't want to work full-time. I found the best people from there. And again, there's like 30 different categories. So graphic design, bookkeeping, copywriting, web design, VA, anything you need, you can find at Hire My Mom. And it's free. You just post a job out there, people respond, and you choose who you like. That's amazing. So you're saying that most of these tasks 
that people are doing themselves, they can find somebody perfectly qualified to do this, and typically online, could be anywhere in the world, actually. Absolutely. So here's an example of a client. She's just amazing at sales. She's not amazing at bookkeeping. And she's spending her time trying to figure out how to, like, pay her bills and get people into her CRM system. It's just not her superpower. She needs to be out there face-to-face meeting people and converting them into business. When she started letting go of a few things, her sales, she's on track to triple her income this year after working together. Because she's able to focus on what what she's best at is what you're saying. Right, because if you're not good at something, and I know myself, it's going to take me two, three, four times longer to try to figure it out, teach myself, and then do it, and it's still going to look junior varsity. Why not pay somebody right off the gate? Yeah. So you have one tip that you think will skyrocket people's focus and success in a short amount of time, like an hour. What would that be? The one tip that they, that they should definitely do is stop multitasking. And here's why. There's actually brain science behind this, which I thought was kind of cool. If you work on two tasks at once, you actually lose 20% of your efficiency switching between those two tasks. So let's say you're making a sales call, and then you hang up, and you jump back in to write a blog. Your brain's got to, like, catch up with you for those, those few seconds that you're switching towards. And I just came up with this great analogy. I don't know if you do your own grocery shopping, but the other day, Jordan, I was out grocery shopping, and I did not have a list. And so I'm going through the grocery store up and down the aisles, and I got to the end, and then I'm thinking, oh, shoot, I forgot to get fruit. So I had to go all the way back to that side of the store. And then I'm like, oh, I needed something on in the, I don't know, soap section. I had to go back to the store. It was so inefficient crossing through all those aisles, going back to get what I needed because I wasn't focused and going in the order of the grocery store. Your brain's the same way. So if you're working on two things at once, you lose 20%. If you're working on three things at once, you lose 40%. And if it's any more than that, you might as well not even do it. It's just inefficient. So what you're saying is do, do do one thing at a time, finish it, and then do something else, as opposed to doing them both at the same time is what you're saying. Absolutely. What I call that is theming or batching. So you do like tasks all at one time. For example, you do all your sales calls. You pick up the phone and you do all your sales calls back-to-back for a certain period of time because you're in sales mode. You're up, you're, you're cheerful, you're, you're in sales mode. And then maybe switch and do your writing. Do all of your email correspondence and get back to that. And maybe you do all your coaching on the next day back-to-back. So you group like activities so you, lose, you, don't, have, you don't lose all that efficiency switching tasks. It totally, totally works. So you're saying not only do these things improve your productivity, but they improve your happiness as well. How does all of this improve your happiness? I bet we have the same friend. One of my friends, and you probably know him as well, says if you want more happiness, finish more things. So people get unhappy when they're and overwhelmed when there's just so much going on. But if you start knocking things off one at a time, you're going to feel a lot more confident, a lot more happy. So, yeah, more happiness, finish more things. Totally works at that. So let's go back to the, the, the big five. Uh, this, this, you talked about improving the sales process. What can people do specifically? Is it a matter of using a CRM system? What can they do to make the sales process more efficient? So CRM, definitely. And a CRM, Customer Relationship Management System, you can set up your contacts to be in a pipeline, which basically means 
Are they a lead who then turns into a prospect? A lead is just somebody who may turn into business. A prospect's probably interested. And then you start saying, let's have some sales conversations and move them to eventually giving you money and hiring you to do something. A CRM can keep track of this. I had one girl, one of my clients I worked with, I got to her house to help her put some structure in place, and she had four freezer bag sized filled with business cards. And she says, but Nancy, what do I do with all of this? And I cringed because I knew she had money. She was just leaving money sitting on the table with all those business cards. I said, we need to put some structure around those business cards. So CRM can take all those business cards that are gathering dust on your shelf and turning them into hot, warm, or cold leads. Cold leads, just throw away. If you can't even remember who the person is, throw away that card because otherwise you'll look at that card thinking, I should do something with this. Um, So definitely a CRM system. The second thing in sales is you need scripts. You can't just wing it when you meet somebody. You need to be able to go through a process. And a script could look like, what, what's the problem? What's going on in your business? Why isn't it working? What have you tried? How long do you want to stick with this problem before you make a change? And then you can close the deal. Not just how many kids do you have? What do you do on the weekends? That's just small talk. You need to lead people through it. And that's definitely a sales system. So this is like finding their pain point, as some people would call it, and what you can offer to release their pain point. Find that pain point. um, Yeah, you can have some small talk, but if you're not leading them through questions, and a a script is really just a bunch of questions in a right order, if you're not following a script, you're not going to see consistent results in your sales. So we help people come up with the exact script to help them convert leads, prospects into real customers that can make a difference. And a lot of people don't want to be sold, right? They don't want somebody who's salesy, so to speak. How do you kind of get around that and still make the sale? I was the same way. I, I hated selling as a kid. I think I was I have selling selling fright. I hated selling candy bars. I hated selling I hated selling everything. As soon as I changed my mindset and realized I'm really helping people, that they're going to be better off after working with me, then I I had an obligation to help them. I'm not selling them something. I'm helping them. Um, people are kind of funny about that, too. If you walk into a jewelry store, all their jewelry is displayed, and they're like, here's what we have. What do you want? When people don't say, here's what I offer, how are people going to know if you can help them? So, yeah, you've got to get over the, the whole sales thing. You're serving and supporting, not selling. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Nancy Gaines. She's the CEO and founder of Gain Advantages. Her website is nancygains.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Looking for an investment option? Consider Secured Real Estate Income Strategies. Secured Real Estate Income Strategies is a real estate-backed option offering investments with a monthly income objective. The goal of the strategy is to lend money to real estate developers. SREIS offers an 8% preferred return per annum, plus a share in any profits. While there is risk, including loss of capital, and you should carefully read the offering circular for full details, Secured Real Estate Income Strategies screens each real estate loan carefully. Call 888-444-2102 or visit securedrealestatefunds.com to learn more. 888-444-2102. 
Jordan Goodman is an advisor to and part owner in Secured Real Estate Income Strategies. This does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities. Securities offered through North Capital Private Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Nancy Gaines. She's the CEO and founder of Gain Advantages, based in the Denver area. Uh, her website is uh, nancygaines.com. Welcome back to the show, Nancy. Thanks, Jordan. So we talked about the sales process a little bit. Let's talk more about marketing. Now, how is marketing different uh, than sales? To me, marketing is how people find you. You have to be, you need to be top of mind when they're looking for whatever you offer. Sales is actually turning them into a paying customer. So a couple systems that you can have to get your exposure out in marketing, I'll give you two that are my favorite. People need a social media scheduling tool. And you've heard a lot of people say 70% of what you post should be sharing. 20% should be your original content, for example, my podcast or my blogs or your show, and then 10% is actually asking people to buy something. So 70, 20, 10. When you have a social media scheduling tool, it makes it so much easier to do the sharing part of it. So here is my second tip to implement with that. I like co-schedule myself. I use Google Alerts to look for shareable articles in my field. So I have an alert set up for productivity, for systems, for conferences, all sorts of stuff. When I find something worth sharing on Inc. or Forbes or Fast Company or whatever it is, I can put that right into my scheduling tool to go out on a certain day, and I can set it and forget it. So by putting these two together, having your social media posts scheduled, plus having somebody do the research for you so it just shows up in your inbox on an alert, that saves people tons of time. Great. Operations, we talked about email already, so let me give a second tip on that one. Transcription. This is when somebody takes your, your audio and turns it into writing. For example, you could do that for podcasts. I love transcription puppy. Totally, totally reasonable. If you have something that you need to put into a written document, don't type it yourself. And if you're not going to use fiber, go out and use something like transcription transcription puppy 
to really do that for you for very little money. That's definitely under your hourly rate. So it's saving you a lot of time by transcribing instead of you having to listen to the whole thing over again is what you're saying. Absolutely, and they actually do a pretty good job. And here's a bonus tip for your listeners. Don't pay for special fast service. They're so fast as it is, it's not worth the extra money to pay for this extra fast service. They're going to show up in your inbox really, really fast. So, yeah, that's what I like in marketing and operations. Money, QuickBooks is amazing. QuickBooks and PayPal together are two of my favorite tools. And if you can integrate them into your e-commerce, even better. But you've got to be able to get paid and not chase people down. I've seen a lot of business owners afraid to bill, even though they've already done the work, and that's really, really inefficient and frustrating because you're not getting your money. So just make it automated and easy for people to pay you. And then finally, your team. That was the last system, so sales, marketing, operations, money, and team. My favorite tool is just the basic old Google Drive for collaboration. When I work with my virtual assistant, I just put a list of stuff in a Word document out on the Google Drive, tell her what has to be done by a certain date, and just say, take care of it. We hardly ever talk. We just totally communicate with the Google Drive, and it's a time saver. And bonus, it's free. And one advantage of the world today is that things can be done virtually. You don't have to be in the same office. You can be anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, actually, and still be efficient. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and and the reason I'm so passionate about getting people back their time is life is short. We all realize that. But there's... Why waste time doing things we don't like to do or we're not good at? And the whole reason a lot of people start their business is for that time freedom and the freedom to do what they want to do when they want to do. For example, I don't even start working until 10 every day. I block off my calendar because I want to get to the gym, do some reading, kind of settle into my day. I can do that as an entrepreneur. If I told IBM, yeah, I'll be there 10, 10.30-ish, <laughs> it's not going to work. Um, but you don't have, if you can't have a successful business, then what's the use of being an entrepreneur? You've got to get your time back. If somebody's working in a big company today and they've got an idea they think would be a good entrepreneurial venture, c- could you kind of coach them through that process before they leap to see if it's going to work? Or how could people kind of go through that process? Oh, absolutely. I would be happy to do that. With IBM, I worked in... I think it was 12 different industries. And what I found is business is business is business. A lot of times our clients would say, but we're different. But I, I could tell it's pretty much all the same. So I'd be happy to bounce some ideas off people if they're thinking of leaving. I'm also happy to help people. If you already have an existing business, but you're feeling burnt out and overwhelmed and you're, you're experiencing growing pains because your business is picking up steam, I would love to have a conversation and see if there's some way we can put more flow and ease in your company. So I'm just saying somebody who's in a company, what is it that makes it unique that makes it worthwhile leaving a big safe place to go into the entrepreneurial world? How do you have a good sense you might succeed? As you say, nine out of 10 businesses fail. How can you, before you make that leap, have some sense of security it's going to work? They have to be excited about whatever it is they're doing. If, it, if you're not, if this isn't what gets you out of bed in the morning because you're excited about making a difference, and that's what entrepreneurs do. They make a difference in the world. They hire people. They create jobs. They do amazing things other people don't do. If you're not excited about this idea and you're just leaving one thing for something else, it might not be for you. But if you know what you want to do, you just need some help getting there, that's where, me, that's where my team and I can help you. 
So what kind of a difference have you made in people's lives and your clients' lives and helping their business become more efficient? Well, number one, I love that people can get out of work at a reasonable time and go home and have time with their family and some self-care and exercise. I love helping people get out of work by noon on Friday so they can spend a two-and-a-half-day weekend doing whatever they want, going camping, going skiing. I love the feeling of, wow, this this is actually simple. If I just do this, I'm working too hard. All of that makes a difference. Why don't you give me the example? You don't have to give me the name of it, but give me an example of a particular client and briefly how you took them from where they came to you and what, what happened after you implemented your systems. Well, one client in particular was working weekends and always checking his phone. After working together, realized, hey, the world is still here when I return on Monday. And he actually realized he was putting his own service level agreement, you know, how fast you respond to something, in place that his clients weren't expecting. That's what I think a lot of us do is we think people expect a response within 15 minutes that we have to jump on the email. But in reality... They might have moved on to something else, and turning around something around in a day is totally okay. So having people understand that nothing has to be that urgent, getting out of work on time, not doing things they don't like to do, and just releasing is really, really free. How about people who are retiring or have retired from a company uh, to have a second career and kind of a, a second entrepreneurial life after that? Is that often a good idea? Oh, that's awesome because they're probably ready. I heard we, we have different phases in our life, and that phase when they retire and going on to the next phase is something about leaving a legacy. So they're probably excited to make a difference in the world and give back versus it not being all about them anymore. So, yeah, definitely. So why don't we kind of – we have about two minutes to go. Why don't we kind of sum up what a difference it would make in people's business lives to work with you and implement some of the systems we've talked about compared to not doing that? Absolutely. So let's go back to the first thing I said. A system is simply an acronym. Save yourself some time, energy, and money. And again, if something you're doing more than once, put a system in place so it's repeatable and and repeatable. And the whole thing about systems is you're duplicating yourself so that you can go out and do what you want to do. I don't think people really start their business so that they can work all the time. They start it for the freedom that it gives them. And until you remove yourself from the business in doing every single thing, you will never reach that point. So save yourself some time, energy, and money. Start documenting things so other people can do it exactly the way you would have done it, and then go out and enjoy more of your life. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Nancy Gaines. She's the CEO and founder of Gain Advantages, based in the Denver area. You can find out more about her, her her blog, her podcast at nancygains.com. Thanks so much for being a great guest on the Money Answer Show, Nancy. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.